It's in the air. He is. What's going on, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Heller, coming at you after a, um, I would say, deflating week of Phillies baseball. Uh, they're six and six. They were five and one, and they've gone one and five since. So, you know, that's six and six for all you mathletes out there. Uh, but this week, I am joined by Destiny Legardo, Phillies Nation. Uh, Destiny. Great to have you on. How you doing? Not so well, considering that I had to sit through that last game. Their offense just looks yeah. terrible. Um, the rotation hasn't really carried them throughout this whole season. I really do enjoy watching the bullpen. I'll say that. But and the fact that they just lost three straight games to the Mets is not fun. Yeah, yeah, it has not. They have not looked good. Uh, I think uh, me and Ty recorded last Wednesday. They were. Like I said, they were five and one at that point. They weren't really hitting, but they were pitching really well. And I think everyone kind of agreed, all right, like the bats will turn it around and they'll maybe the, the pitching will regress a little bit, but they'll be fine. Uh, pitching's regret, the starting pitching, we'll get into that. It's definitely regressed. And, you know, they, they just haven't hit. Um, but, you know, like, like you said, like no one's in a good mood about, about the Phillies right now. So before we get into that, like let's just. Let's just take a moment to appreciate the fact that baseball, like baseball's back. You know, I love, there's nothing better because, I mean, there's 15 games every night. So like last night, Phillies game on the TV. Well, for at least a little while, pull out my laptop, put on Lucas Giolito versus Shane Bieber. Like what's, what's better than that? How, how is it for you just to have baseball back? Yeah, I was very vocal about my hatred for spring training. So Technically, baseball was back in February, but it really wasn't for me. Oh, no, absolutely. Training is fake baseball. But, yeah, and I also just love having fans back in the stands. I covered my first game of the season on that Saturday where Zach Wheeler just totally dominated the Braves. And I was kind of in shock of just how amazing it was to have just even 8,000 fans back in the stands. They were really into every pitch. It kind of felt a little bit like a playoff game. I've never personally been to a Phillies playoff game it's been nine years almost 10 years actually almost 10 years since the Phillies have actually been in the playoffs so um yeah it was awesome I I really enjoyed my time I really enjoy the fact that baseball is back um I don't enjoy the way the Phillies have played the last few days yeah yeah it's I mean it's uh, like I, I don't really I don't think anyone expected them to lose the way they've been losing. Uh, I think like everyone was a little hesitant to say, all right, the bullpen's going to be a lot better, but it's been a oh, lot I wasn't, better. I, yeah. I wasn't hesitant yeah. at all. I, I said that, well, I, I don't know if I said on the podcast, but I said on Twitter that they're going to have a top 10 bullpen and I didn't check the ERAs updated after this game, but before that they're top 10, they're the 10th best ERA in the league. So yeah, the bullpen has actually been really fun to watch. I, I really like seeing Jose Alvarado, even though sometimes he could lose his command. Jose Alvarado is completely destroyed hitters. I mean, he's the, I think he's the most fun like Phillies pitcher I've ever watched in my life. I mean, I talked about it last week, like the first outing was, I mean, that was incredible. Um, and then on, on in Tuesday's game, when he hit, <laughs> Was it Alonzo that he hit? No, it was Conforto. 
It was, yeah, it was Conforto. Michael Conforto, he hit him with a pitch, and then the Mets, the whole Mets, uh, and then dug out, they're all jawing with him, and, and the, the gif of, of Alvarado just being like, hey, get out of here. Like, be quiet. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, um, he's a character. Yeah, but he's been good. Um, obviously, Archie Bradley's out for three to four weeks. Um, Naris has been great outside of, you know, a blown save yesterday and um, a walk-off loss. And listen, Connor Brogdon has been, he's just continued what he did in, in uh, 2020 in, in those last two weeks. The velocity hasn't, like, he hasn't lost that velocity. He's still throwing in the upper 90s and he's getting guys out. He, he pissed himself into a little bit of a jam in, in Tuesday's game and then pissed himself right out. I mean, I don't know. He might, uh, Tim Kelly, Phillies Nation has, has said a couple times, tweeted a couple times that, you know, by the end of the season, we might look at Brogdon as the best reliever on the team. And I, I agree with that. I mean, he's, he just looks really good. Yeah. You might be able to say that now you can't have the, you don't have the back, the record to, to kind of back that up, but, and you predicted a couple weeks ago that he might be an all-star. I kind of thought that was a little, a little out of whack, but you might be right. The way he's pitching, especially if his scoreless streak keeps going on, He's going to be on the all-star team. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was looking for uh, like the longest scoreless streaks um, just because he's, he's thrown 11 straight. Guess what pitcher in 2018 had 17, 17 consecutive. Once Philly's pitcher had 17 consecutive scoreless appearances. It was either 2018 or 2017. I can't remember. It's not nearest, right? No. Okay. That, I think you, it is not mentioned about him having a scoreless yeah. streak in 2019. Yeah, the one I mentioned um, was was it was scoreless streaks of one inning plus. So that that's a little bit of a hint. It's someone who would okay. not pitch full innings a lot of the time. <laughs> it's not Adam yeah. Morgan. No. Sir Anthony. No. no. <laughs> it's okay. Tommy Hunter was injured. Yeah, I'll give a hint. This guy was nasty, brother. Oh. <laughs> Bobby Milner had 17 consecutive scoreless appearances, apparently. So that blew my mind. I didn't remember that. Uh, Are you saying Connor Brogdon is Hobie Milner? I think Connor Brogdon is better than Hobie Milner, but I don't know. Who's to say? I think they're both, you know, nasty brother, but uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I do think the Phillies bullpen is really the only positive that can be taken away from this team. Uh, before we get into the, the the lineup, because I think that is something we can probably spend the most time on, uh, the rotation. So, Aaron Nola, first out of the year. I didn't think I didn't think he looked exactly like sharp on opening day. He was good. Um, he wasn't getting as many swings and misses as he he usually does, but he was he was great. Uh, since then, like he's looked. Really, really, really not like himself. Very flat. Uh, the curveball doesn't have the bite on it. He, the fastball velocity's been down a little bit. Do you are you concerned at all about Aaron Nola? What do you think? You know, could possibly be happening there. Look, Aaron Nola. A lot of the times, April is not his best month. He's known as the guy that emerges in July and August. But I mean, that's not really an excuse to say, you know, don't worry about him not being good but he doesn't have feel for a sinker. It's something that he admitted last Wednesday. 
Um, and I'm not sure if it's just like StatCast sometimes has a hard time picking up his sinker, but he's not throwing that as often. Once he gets feel for that pitch, I think he'll really get going. Um, somebody in the somebody in the Zoom earlier today asked if he was dealing with dead arm, um, and Joe Girardi said no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, his velocity being down is a little bit concerning, but I don't, I don't really think there's there's much to to be worried about Aaron Nola. The good thing is when he is down, he has to fight his way through, but sometimes he kind of just gets through five innings and it's two runs. It's he's given you a good outing out of a fifth starter and that's at his worst. So um, yeah, I I'm, don't ask me if I'm concerned about Aaron Nola because it's going to take a lot for me to say yes. <laughs> yeah. Five innings, two runs. That's like uh remember when that's a Vince Velasquez. Oh, well, no, line. that's, that's the Jake Arietta bones first. It's that oh. <laughs> Like every single start, five innings, two runs, if I if I remember correctly. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's the thing with Nola is it's there. There's that tier of of like the best pitchers in the game, which I think right now is probably the Grom, Shane Bieber, and and Garrett Cole. Um, and then it's it's hard. I think it's it's hard for any pitcher in baseball to just like be really 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 good every single start and but but it feels like nola throughout his career has these stretches where it's it's multiple starts where he just doesn't have it and it, it hurts the team but i i i don't know if i'm at the point right now where it's like uh-oh um because I, I just think this is kind of something he does sometimes he struggles it happens not everyone is you know take the ground yeah and Two of his last starts were against the Mets, and I think the Mets are really going to kill him this year because they have that lineup that just grind through all the pitchers that they face. And if Nola's off when he doesn't have his command, so if he's fighting and the Mets hitters are just kind of getting it into full counts and getting his pitch count up, he's not going to be good. So I'll I'll make more of an evaluation when he's not facing the top two pitchers in the division. I think we could say that about all the pitchers that – are going through some struggles right now they're facing the class of the division right now so yeah i mean it's very easy to be angry about the way they played the last few games but you have to keep that in mind yeah definitely i mean like you said they're, they're facing the best best lineups in the division some of the best in baseball really um wheeler tonight so we're recording on wednesday uh he looked he a, a tough first inning but he he settled in and um he did he really did not have it on saturday again was that friday i think that was friday friday yeah saturday um, was Eflin. was Eflin, yeah he didn't have it didn't didn't make it out of the fifth inning um tonight he gave up three straight hits to start the game and, and really bounced back i mean he didn't have his best up i think he ended up giving up 10 hits throughout the game um which will happen when he's not striking a ton of guys out i it's just weird for me like seeing how he looked in that first start um, and wondering, you know, is this a guy who's about to take a step? And then, you know, his next two starts, he's, he's kind of reverted. I don't, not, not to say that last year's Eflin was, was bad by any means. I mean, he's, um, you know, an established number two starter, but uh, you know, pitching to contact more of that stuff. This is what we saw last year. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on Zach Wheeler uh, in these last two starts? Yeah, I kind of just felt like his command was a little off. And I know the broadcast today was kind of 
going a little in depth of his motion and I kind of felt there was a lot of noise there um, and his his delivery is pretty repeatable so if he's kind of off on that then he's going to be a little bit off in the game but kind of the same thing with Nola I'm not too concerned and I'm not going to make an evaluation when he's facing the Braves and Mets but they have to get back on track you know Nola Wheeler and Eflin are going they have to carry this rotation if this team's going to be successful so hopefully um you know once I'll say it again once they're not facing the Braves and Mets things kind of look up from here yeah and I think you mentioned Eflin I think he looked kind of the same thing that happened with with Wheeler tonight he got I mean Eflin got rocked in the first inning of of Saturday's game and it looked like he wasn't going to make it you know through even like four innings and and he really really settled in and uh like I think he is I think he's going to lead the rotation in innings pitch this year. Like, I think he's, there's something, he just is so good at, um, in each of his first two starts, he had like 20 plus pitches in the first inning. And then all of a sudden it's the fifth inning and he has like 55 pitches. Like, how did he do that? Um, and he's always, even before he became what the F1 we know now, like he's always been really, really efficient. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have anything else. Like, like you said, the the back end of the rotation is it's not a disaster but um i don't it, it feels questionable watching after these two matt moore starts it feels it was questionable at the time giving him four million dollars considering he hadn't been a productive major leaguer in half a decade and and the two starts have not like alleviated any concern with that um yeah i think the problem is that if the Phillies really wanted to go out and win a division, they probably needed a better fourth starter than Matt Moore. I'd be fine with giving Matt Moore that $3 million and then putting him in long relief. Just, and that's another complaint I have for this team, Vince Velasquez and David Hale in that role is just not very good, but it makes you wonder they probably should have gone out of their way inside Taiwan Walker. Cause he looks amazing. <laughs> he looks, do you remember what the Mets paid him? Was it like 10 million? 10 million two years yeah 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 for that but, money the way his velocity up is up yeah, the he, way he's dominating he hitters. looks great yeah yeah it looks really good um yeah i don't know and that was something people said at the time like why give four million to more and then three million to anderson instead of you know paying a little more for a better start and and they don't really have pitch they kind of probably they had to do that but they don't really have a lot of pitching starting pitching depth um so I guess it made sense from that standpoint, but at the same time, like you said, it's it's not something that that really helped the team all that much. It just um, you know gave them a, a bodies in those in those spots. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, it really comes down to those top three guys. Like they they need to win, like each turn through the rotation, they need to win two at at least two out of those three starts. Like that's got to be the formula. Um, but on the other hand, like <laughs> they need to hit. Like this is a team that hit a lot last season. They didn't lose because they weren't hitting. They they lost because they were hitting. But the bullpen was one of the worst in Major League history. Um, I don't I don't think anyone expected them to lose at this point of the season because the the, the lineup looked this bad for a two week stretch. I mean, like what what's your I guess what's your biggest Surprise! What's the biggest thing that surprised you from the Phillies lineup this year? Yeah, it's just frustrating to 
look at a game that's in the sixth inning and they're down four two, and even not even when they're just facing Jacob DeGrom, maybe when they're facing Peterson tonight to say this game's out of hand because they can't make up that deficit. It's, I think Joe Girardi said something like this and it was kind of funny when I heard it that he would hate to be a pitching coach or a hitting coach just because one day you have these three hitters hitting well and then the next like guys are down, but it kind of feels like everyone's down. Maybe JT's doing well, but McCutcheon, he's, not producing well for a leadoff hitter. Hoskins has cooled off since his hot start. Harper's putting up the numbers, but it kind of just seems eh, because everyone's striking out at a alarming rate. So they got to, they got to get those strikeout numbers down if they're going to win just, and that's, that's really why it's so frustrating to see this team just because they can't put the ball in play. Yeah. I mean, like you, you mentioned it, like, no one, no one has been good for this two-week period. Um, Bryce Harper had that multi-homer game on Sunday, and I was like, "Oh, maybe he's about to come out." Of he, he wasn't. He was playing well. He was just walking or striking out pretty much for the first week of the season, and now. Oh yeah, and this team isn't walking either. Yeah, and that's one of their strengths too. Is Reese Hoskins the has, and then getting on base. Reese Hoskins I think has, has one, one walk. walk. Yeah. <laughs> what What is happening? I think through twelve games last year, he probably had like 15 walks at least i remember he walked he had like three three walk games at this point but yeah i don't i don't know what has changed i mean do you do you think the approach has has really changed that drastically or are they just is it, is it a results thing they're just they're just ice cold yeah i don't i i really think it's ice cold and probably also has a lot to do with the pitching their faces i mean I mean, Strowman's Strowman looked fantastic through his first two starts against the Phillies. Um, but that's, yeah, like I said before, it's not an excuse because if they want to get into the playoffs and even win the division, they have to do better against the Mets and Braves than they have so far. Yeah. I, I Yeah. And lucky enough for the Phillies, I mean, we're recording this on Wednesday night, so you might be listening after Thursday's game does or does not take place, depending on the rain. But if it does, it's Jacob Degrom on the mound tomorrow, so it doesn't it doesn't really get any easier for them. Yeah, so I mean, like as far as the Phillies go, like I think that that kind of of some where thing up where things are at this point. I think it's important to keep in mind that it's we're twelve games into a one hundred sixty two game season, right? There's there's plenty of baseball to be played. Uh, and, you know, one two-week stretch where they're not hitting doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to hit for the whole year. Um, but I think one thing that we should definitely touch on is center field. Obviously, everyone's talked about it. Center fielders have not been able to hit this season. Uh, and, and earlier today, actually, um, the Phillies placed Adam Hazley on the restricted list. Obviously, hope everything is okay with, with him. Um, and called up Mickey Moniak uh, to take his place. Moniak didn't play tonight. He, I don't know if he was even with the team, um, but he it looks like he's going to get the start tomorrow against DeGrom, and, and it looks like he's going to start against right-handed pitchers moving forward. So, I mean, Destiny, it can't get – like the out, output couldn't get worse, right? Like Moniak, he, they, they have nothing to lose by playing right now. Yeah, I don't think Moniak is an automatic out right here. If you're slashing 132, 214, 158, I mean, the center field production has 
just really been a disaster so far this season. And I know Mickey Moniak, when he was called up last year, the situation was kind of different. Their outfield debt was just depleted and they just needed to get him on the 40 man roster. And I think things are different this time. Joe Girardi mentioned earlier today that his plate discipline has improved dramatically. He looked really good in spring training. I don't know why he didn't get as many starts as he did to face major league pitching, but yeah, the, Phillies kind of decided that Mickey Moniak is their best option. I think they're right. They're really playing the long game with Scott Kingery. They want his swing to get better. They don't believe that Odubel Herrera is ready. There always existed the possibility that Odubel Herrera would need extra bats just because he hasn't played um, in a major league game in so long. So I'm not surprised that they didn't bring him up, but, and it kind of feels like there's a little bit of hope. I know the fan base is really excited to see what Mickey Moniak can do. Um, it, and it kind of just feels like they have a chance to get some production out of the bottom of the lineup. But um, I'll say it's, it was really sad to hear that Adam Hazley was placed on the restricted list. I really hope everything's okay. And just from Joe Girardi talking about it earlier today, it kind of sounds like it's a long-term thing. Um, so we don't know exactly when Adam Hazley is going to be out. Um, it's really, it's concerning. I, I, I don't want to speculate what it is just because that's not fair, but really hope Adam Hazley's doing well. I know it's, it's been a struggle for him. He's had to deal with some untimely injuries. And uh, I know Matt Gelb of The Athletic wrote a piece about Adam Hazley and a conversation that he had. He just kind of didn't feel like he was giving his all the last couple years. And maybe that's a mental thing, but I really hope Adam Hazley's doing well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, as a person first over, you know, as a, as a player, right? that's what we have to remember is that these are all just human beings. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it'll be interesting to see how Moniac plays it. Like, I don't know. He's, I mean, if tomorrow is his first, <laughs> if they play tomorrow, he's like, welcome to back to the bigs. You get to hit against Jacob deGrom, like good luck. But um, yeah, like, let him play every day and, and see how it goes. See if he can handle center field defensively. Um, I remember last year he, he did not, he had a couple of uh, misplays in, in left. Um, but overall um, in the minors, he's been pretty, pretty solid as a, as a center fielder. One, one last Phillies thing I think we should touch on. Uh, so they, they signed Brad Miller to a $3 million contract this, this off season. And it seemed like they were stressing, like, let's have a guy who we can bring off the bench if we need a, a good pinch hitter, but also can play. When we give guys a day off, he can play wherever. And yet, we're, we're 12 games in, and Brad Miller has one start. Um, I mean, what, what do you think it is? Because... Guys have gotten days off. The only the only time Brad Miller played was when when Hoskins had a day off. He played first. Is it a defensive? Like, do they not want him in left field or at second base? This isn't a team that screams like caring about defense. I don't. I I have no idea what the what the rationale is here. Yeah, and you bring up a good point. It's something to ask Girardi about at some point in the next few days, but. Maybe it could still be him recovering from the injury. I know there was a, a rush to get him um, ready for opening day, and it kind of just magically seemed like he was ready. So maybe Joe Girardi's being a little 
a little bit cautious when it comes to using Brad Miller. But if he's healthy, I don't understand why he's not starting three times a week. Um, I, this I don't know if we should talk about it on here, but we kind of talk about the the center field position and say, why don't you just move Bryce Harper to Absolutely. center field? I, I say at least once a week and put Brad Miller in the outfield. Like when you're <laughs> when you're facing a guy like Degrom, you want as many professional hitters as you can, and you'll sacrifice a little bit of outfield yeah, defense, especially listen, if, F1, F1 throws sinkers. It's all ground balls. Exactly. You, don't, you don't need people in the outfield. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it would definitely be like a little bit of a disaster defensive. Although, again, like Quinn and, and Haley, it already is really a disaster. Yeah, played well in the field. Um, and yeah, I mean that lineup is a lot better uh, with with Miller in it over a center field. Imagine you know all of a sudden you have Gene Segura hitting eighth um, instead of one of the the guys who had spin. And yeah, I mean, Miller has just, he's played a lot the last two seasons and he's played well the last two seasons. So I don't, I like, it, it can't be just a, we don't think he's good enough thing. Like that's, that's out of the question for me. So I don't, I don't know what exactly, you know, you make a good point with the injury. Maybe they're just taking it slow, but like you said, it's a, it's a good thing. I think to ask Girardi at some point and like on the subject of Miller, they need, they need someone who can come off the bench against left-handed pitching like i don't know if, if they sign someone or, or eventually trade for someone you know you want Cespedes still out there yeah i'd take someone like him right now unless he kind of just decides that he doesn't want to play for the phillies and walks <laughs> one day hey happens yeah i don't know but again we're two weeks in uh, and I feel like we're going to know a lot more. I like, I, I, I don't really know what this team is yet. And I feel like that's just kind of how it is. Um, but before and if you want to look at it really in a positive light, they're through the hardest part of their schedule, in my opinion, and they're 500. Yep. So, and they, they really look terrible at most points of that stretch. So you could kind of hold your head up high and say that they're not, completely out of the race because if they went oh and 12 like what are we doing they're not they're not winning the division they're not getting a wild card spot but they're six and six the game is probably going to be rained out so they might miss to grom um when that game is made up or whatever but yeah the only thing is is that you see how bad the offense is struggling and you wonder if they could get out of it but it's baseball yeah these guys can find a way they're, they're professional hitters. Well, at least most of them are, I don't know about today. They had Ronald Torres and Roman quit hitting seven and eight and Ronald Torres was just, those were mid nineties fastballs and he just couldn't catch up yeah, to any of no, them. And that's another spot. We were just talking about Brad Miller. Why wasn't Brad Miller in the lineup? I, I know it was a left-hander, second. but you gotta, you gotta think you don't have to play matchups every time. Just put the best hitter in the spots just put Miller at second move Segura to short and then figure it out later but (laughs) yeah the fact that Trace is on the roster is another no it's beyond me I don't I don't get it uh they they cleared a spot for him I don't get it but you know you clear a spot for a guy that you had I might be incorrect but they had him on the roster for a week and then they DFA'd him yeah I don't I don't get it yeah um yeah, uh, before we wrap things up, I was like, 
because like I, I mentioned at the top of the podcast like I, I love just like flipping on random games and and watching different players and teams and stuff are there any uh, any non-NL East players or teams or anything that stuck out to you these first two weeks of the season oh that Joe Musgrove no hitter was Oh, that's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. I, I love the fact that great things happen to every other team in that atrocity of a ballpark in Texas. Yeah. You know, I, I'm really fond of the of the Padres. It, it was kind of a shame that Tatis wasn't there to to ground that final out. Maybe he had a, maybe he would have made an error, but yeah. <laughs> um, there you go. Exactly. And it's kind of cool that uh Carantini caught the last two no hitters because he caught yeah. the one with the Cubs. Yeah. I think that's really cool. But, um, yeah, and it was cool to have a no-hitter this early in the season. For sure. It feels like feels like the last few years we've had a little bit less. I feel like the early 2010s, there was a, a stretch where we had a ton of no-hitters. I don't know if I'm misremembering, but I don't know. And Shohei Otani. Yeah, I was just like, going to say. So, yeah, it's so great to see him. He's just... Yeah, I hope he stays healthy. Stay healthy. Please stay healthy. Because he's incredible he had a ball 119 miles per hour the other day and he's yeah he's raking uh within the division ronald acuna jr um i haven't i haven't checked the brave score tonight but i know he hit a game tying home run i think he has 12 extra base hits on the season he's like batting over or close to 500 he's he's been unreal uh despite being you know not playing well against the phillies that first series so that's fun for phillies fans to know that that he's, he's probably going to win MVP for, this year. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but, you know, I, it's, again, it's two weeks in. A lot of the things we think now are going to be disproven within the next two weeks because that's just how baseball works. Most yeah, importantly. Yeah, maybe Ronald Torres is really good. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Most importantly, you know, baseball's back and we get to talk about these things. That's, to me, is what matters the most. Uh, so thank you, Destiny, again, for coming on this week. Always a pleasure to have you. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Stairs rips one into the night. Jimmy Rollins is going to try for three. Here he comes. In the air, down the right field line. Two pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out!